Podcasters, it's On the Shelf, the podcast that celebrates all of the young adult novels that we love on our shelves. Presented by the Teen Advisory Board of NC Raleigh's Quail Ridge Books, the home for all of your literary needs. Hey everyone, we're back with the Tab Podcast On the Shelf, another episode. I'm super excited. We've got a great group of Tab members. This is going to be so much fun because we are doing a part two of should reading or should schools require reading in school? Yay, I don't think that was the actual title of it, but (laughs) exciting jazz hands. So for this episode, last time we talked a lot about analytical versus like analytical comprehension, reading in school, you're really reading to get those skills to become a better reader versus reading for pleasure, reading outside of school, enjoying it. And we talked about how schools can do a better job of fostering a love of reading. It was a really fun episode and we talked a lot about reading in schools and how to foster a love of reading in schools and all of that good stuff. So if you guys wanna check that out, it is there for you. It was I think in December, so it was a little bit ago. And we are back because we had some more thoughts on this topic. So we are going to be talking about, let me think, what were we talking about? We're talking about books. That's that's a starter. We're talking about how to foster a love of reading, not just in school, but outside of school today. So we're focusing more on the benefits of reading as a hobby and what you can do as a teenager, what people can do in school to enjoy and get those benefits of reading and just enjoy it. It's a fun hobby. We obviously love reading. Um, So we want to shout it out from the rooftops that it is fun. So I think we can get right into this today instead of doing our usual on our shelf segment where we tell our books that we are reading, we are going to be introducing a fun new segment this is a pretty long intro, a fun new segment where we called on, no, 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 not, not on our shelves. I'm going back into my old ways, called our tab picks. So each month with being a tab member for the bookstore, we write tab picks. We write little reviews of books that we have read that month and they go up in the bookstore or they go on our website. You can check them out. I'll link them in the show notes. But today we're going to share which books we chose this month. And yeah, let's just get started. I'm talking too much. I'm excited to hear, hear everyone's, everyone's tab picks. Hi, um, I'm Caroline. And my tab pick this month was Will Grayson, Will Grayson by John Green, which I did not read this month, but I read December, maybe November, um, and it's just like, it's John Green, well, it's John Green and David Leviathan, I think they say his last name, um, but it's like John Green and Twinus. It's just a quirky, fun story with like weird characters. Um, it's got romance in it, as most John Green books do, um, and it has musical theater in it, so like, what's not to love? Very cool. Um, Hi, I'm Honora. So my tab pick for this month, I know I've talked about for the past couple weeks. So (laughs) gonna keep it to a minimum, but um, it's called Dorothy Must Die by Danielle Page. And it's um, 
about this girl named Amy who ends up getting sent to Oz and apparently at one point Dorothy ends up returning and has taken over and has become kind of like a dictator and it's like yeah I mean I I didn't really know I would enjoy it but um my friend forced me to read it a few years ago and I just absolutely loved it because it was like combining um components from the original like stories and the movie and like giving them twists and then there's new characters and anyway it's really cool <laughs> that is all <laughs> um yeah I've had that book written down now for the past couple of weeks since you said it it sounds really interesting so mine um I kind of just have a pile in my room of all the books that I'm going to eventually do tab picks for. And this week, this week's was Little Women, um, which was fun to write about. And I think we probably mentioned it during our Valentine's Day episode, which is, you know, a nice little story. I mean, it's not really little because it's like 800 pages long, but don't let that put you off because it's a very good book. Yeah, I love Little Women. That's such a great book. Uh, my tab pick for this month, I actually read it like back in the fall, but I just decided to do it this month um and it's born a crime by trevor noah and if y'all don't know who trevor noah is he's the comedian who hosts the daily show and he's fantastic oh my gosh he's so funny but it's his biography and it's like just about his life like growing up as in south africa like under um like apartheid when apartheid was like going away and then kind of yeah just growing up there so yeah it's really cool so my tab pick this month, Andrew. My tab pick this month was Twelve Angry Men by Twelve Angry Men by Reginald Rose. It's about basically these twelve jury members who are judging a murder, and they have to think like if he's guilty or not. It's when you like describe it, it doesn't sound that good, but just the way the writing is and the suspense, it's a really good book, and I loved reading it. Hi guys, I'm Jada and um, my February um, tab pick was Life of Pi. Um, I recently read it for school, um, but I really, really enjoyed it. It was just a very thought provoking book and just about like survival and kind of a little bit like how the mind works. So I definitely recommend. That sounds so good. I haven't read Life of Pi yet, or maybe I have, but I don't remember it and I want to, I got to read that. Um, my, or first off, my name's Elise, and my tab pick was As Far As You'll Take Me by Phil Stamper, which we interviewed him. I didn't read this book this month. I read it a while ago, but it just felt, felt fitting for February because it's a cute romance, and we've talked about it so much on the podcast, so I just love it, and it's such a good book, and it's like about a guy and he travels to London, Marty, and he, to escape his like traditional conservative town um, that keeps him from like coming out. Um, and so then he goes and to live his new life in London. And it's a really great coming of age story. And we've talked so much about it. So I'll keep it short, but it's such a good book. Alrighty. So now we can just get right into this episode. Um, to start us off, I just wanted to hear a little bit about how you all got into reading. Um, was it from school or was it just on your own? And when that, when that all came about? 
I have a lot of thoughts on this because, you know, I love reading. Um, so I feel like the first couple books that I remember reading when I was little and really loving. So the first one I think was uh, Little Princess by Frances Hodgson Burnett. She also wrote other stuff. It's kind of like The Secret Garden, but um, like more set in city instead of the countryside. And um, I read that when I was like in kindergarten. I know I was like, that was sort of my first moment where I really realized that books could just be so engaging. And then um, when I got a little bit older, I got way into Nancy Drew. My grandma would bring me one pretty much every time she'd visit. So that was always something to look forward to. And then I would make her sit down with me um, on the floor, which was uncomfortable for her because then she couldn't get back up. And then I'd make her do it and make her sit there while I read to her for hours. And of course, nobody was interested but me. But I enjoyed it. And I think it fostered a love of reading. Um, and then just having all of like teachers in elementary school and middle school read books to us because I mean, they don't really do that anymore. It's high school, but you know, you'd sit in a circle and they read stories and then you'd graduate from, you know, picture books to having sort of like a chapter a day of like a bigger book. And it was very exciting. And some of my favorite books that I still like now were read to me in like fourth grade by a teacher. So, yeah. I would say for me, probably like getting read the Magic Treehouse books probably was like the start of my love of reading. And then like going into first grade, because my kindergarten teacher would read us the Magic Treehouse books. And I didn't like start reading until like five, six-ish. Like I was a little older, like not, you know, not like crazy old, like compared to some people. Um, and so like our teacher would read us Magic Treehouse and I loved it. I think we owned like a ton, <laughs> like we owned so many Magic Treehouse books. And then in first grade, I got into like kids store, like chapter books that are made for, you know, younger readers, like uh, the fairy books or whatever. I can't think of what the series is called, <laughs> like those books. Um, just like little series of books that were are like so tiny with like that are chapter books though so and then probably like Harry Potter really drove it home for me so yeah yes I was the same way like Magic Treehouse and the Rainbow Fairies books like that's what I read all the way like kindergarten and first grade like that's what really started me reading. Like I would stay up so late to finish my little Rainbow Fairies books. It was so funny. And then in like third grade, it was like Harry Potter, Percy Jackson. And yeah. So for me, I always grew up in a household that encouraged reading. Um, like I can always remember when I was little going to the library with like almost every week getting books, checking out. Like I used to get like a whole ton of books. <laughs> but I think in kindergarten was when I really started loving reading because and just books in general because my teacher used to read us Junie B. Jones. I'm not sure if anyone remember those books, <laughs> but I absolutely loved her. 
and that just carried into me going to the library and everything and then like all of us we started reading the little chapter books and just like graphic novels and I've just been in love ever since. <laughs> yeah um so first off obviously people listening to this you can't see us because it's a podcast but I love how when Caroline said magic treehouse in the fairy books everyone just like very <laughs> obviously reacted um yeah because I feel like those are a part of a lot of people's childhoods especially like kind of this generation and especially people that read but yeah I'm kind of similar um yeah we would go to like the library every week at school and they would go like oh pick something out um and it was always one of those fairy books because they were like shiny and I was seven <laughs> my my parents hated them uh but um yeah and then like Katie said it kind of just like evolved and then for me it kind of spiraled out of control I'm kind of drowning in books right now but you know <laughs> I feel like some of us can relate yeah and it just kind of evolved in middle school I was reading like four or five things a week I would yeah it was yeah and now this year I read like one thing a month for my tab pick and I'm like this is a lot (laughs) but yeah school and I remember specifically my dad would read me like the Harry Potter books. He'd read like a chapter of it every single night when I was like younger. And then I went back to like um, read them myself after we had finished them because I just loved how he kind of did the stories and yeah, lots of fun. (laughs) I got into reading like the first Bay Kid book that I can remember reading was probably Encyclopedia Brown. I absolutely love those books. And I just read all of them in the span of like two weeks. And then my teacher got me onto Harry Potter. And that took me like four or five months to complete. And then I read Percy Jackson and then my reading just really kept going. Yes, oh my word. I feel like a lot of people were talking about like being read too and how that started the love of reading. I'm like missing, I wish, I love when like teachers will read to you, even though it kind of puts me to sleep a little bit. It's just like so nice to have that because you never get that as a teenager. Geez, why won't anyone read to us? Um, So when I kind of started really getting into books was probably around when I was like eight or 10. I don't, I don't really know. Um, But I, the first like chapter books that I read were, um, what are they called? The Boxcar Children. I don't know if anyone's read those. Those were so good. I loved those. There's so many of them. They have like tons of, tons of books from the Boxcar Children's, but me and my sisters all loved those. So it was very fun. And then Harry Potter and um, Magic Treehouse and all those fun, like first starter books. It makes me want to read them again. They were so fun. Um, But I don't know, it's interesting. I feel like a few of you were saying, you know, it's just kind of a collection of things. Some some of you, I think, mentioned like in school reading, but then there was also out of school reading. I think just any any type of reading is good. Um, So kind of going off that, um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the benefits of reading and why you think it's important for children and for teenagers to read and should schools you know, really push, push reading as a hobby that, that teenagers should, should have, or 
just kind of what your general thoughts are on reading and the benefits of reading. I think it's like super important to read and like to have a certain level of enjoyment of reading because like depending on what you're reading it can help with like comprehension skills and just like overall reading skills and like how fast you can read and like how much you can get out of reading and then also just reading can like it helps foster empathy like if you're reading diverse books um about people that you know who live very different lives than you you can not relate to them but you can in a way like understand what they're going through without ever having gone through it so i think it's important I also agree. I focused a lot on the empathy aspect because, I mean, I think that it's really a way to connect to experiences and people. And I mean, you're going to have your whole life. I feel like you have a duty as a citizen of the world to be able to find ways to become a more open-minded person and find ways that you can just consistently become more well-informed. And I don't think that books are the only way to do that. I mean, I do agree that, you know, travel or movies or conversations with people can all do that. But I think there's something unique about the amount of time it takes to read a book and the way you really have to be in the head of the character that can really help you connect to experience. People, for example, were just talking about uh, the Born a Crime book, which I've read part of it, I think, and I really want to read the rest of it. But so if they made, you know, a two-hour movie of that book and you watched it, I feel like you might be like, oh, okay, I understand apartheid a little bit more and I connect to this experience a little bit more. But I don't think in the same way you would if you spent the amount of time it takes to, you know, read the book and really think about what you're reading and connect to the voice and just have that in your head and not any other distractions. So I think it's special in that way. I completely agree with exactly what Caroline and Taylor were saying. And for me, I feel like reading is a way to escape like your own, maybe not issues, but just like your own life in general and to just like get into the mind and the mindset and the reality of the characters like you. And honestly, in that way, you can relate. So like if they're having a situation that maybe you're going through, oh my gosh, like all that was um fiction like still you know I can relate because I do feel the same way but I just feel like <clears throat> it's a good habit to have to read whether it's like school books or leisure books or whatever I just I I encourage it I really do I'm sure that this ties into something we're going to talk about later but like it always bugs me in a way when people are like I never lend out books to friends or whatever because like that's my way of like encouraging people to read like one of my good friends she's not a big reader but like over quarantine I've been like here's a mystery book you're into mysteries read it and she enjoyed it and so like I think that's another way to like foster a love of reading is to like let people read what they want, you know? 
Definitely. Yeah. I think it's important not just to have schools, you know, push reading, but also to like have, if you're into reading, like to encourage your friends to read or to just have fun with it. I mean, it's so, so fun to read and it's so fun to like use it as a way to connect like with this podcast, you know, we enjoy talking about books and you can like have so many discussions like with the themes of different books and, and the narratives that they have and, and learn, learn new things with them. So I think it's really important. So I think that moves us to our next question, which is how has what you learned in school um, fostered your love of reading? Um, and how do you think that in school people could do like a better job of um, of encouraging of encouraging reading? Or do you think that it should be not so like forced in school um, and that schools should not try and try and encourage people to read? I think schools should try and encourage people to read, but not force them to read a certain book. Like you should have to have like a certain number of books read or something like that, but not a certain book because people have different tastes and one might like it and one might not. And if you're one of the people that doesn't like it, that could really like think, oh, this book's bad. So all books I read must be bad. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. So like, I feel that it definitely should be an option, of course, like, because you do read in school, like the normal English books, but to foster that love of external books, I think it should just be shown as a option. And of course, if someone wants to read outside of school, that's wonderful. But if they don't, that's also okay, too. Because again, like everyone's not going to like it. Everyone's not going to want to do it. But I think it should at least be an option for people to choose what they want to do. Um, also, for me, I think with just reading like the classics in school, that also taught me to go, maybe go outside and say, hmm, since I like this classic, maybe on my own personal time, I'll read another type of classic. And then that just like trickled down and led me to read even more books. Yeah, I, so sorry, Caroline. I remember talking about this last time um, about like having certain books required. I feel like certain books kind of have to be required, especially the really, really important ones especially with kids that don't generally read like outside of school I feel like it's very important for them to be exposed to certain things um yeah so my personal experience I went to a really weird public school in Seattle Washington where they didn't like teach us grammar or writing they just like taught us literature <laughs> and we were like children I don't know why we did this but um so yeah, like I said, when we would go to the library, like that was a huge part of like almost every single day is we would like find something to read. And they were just like, oh, then you'll figure out how to do spelling and grammar. And I'm very bad at it still. So I don't think that system worked out. <laughs> but um, I mean, it did. Yes, Taylor says that that would be fun. I mean, it was kind of fun, but you know, I don't know how to do grammar, but uh <laughs> Either way, it did kind of foster my love of reading because we were kind of free to read what we wanted. Um, and we did read like some things as a class, like the teacher would read to us and um, 
we would have like a book that they would read to us. But other than that, we really could read whatever we wanted in the library, of course. They wouldn't be like, here, read Hunger Games, seven-year-old child. That might not go so well. But um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was quite interesting. And then when I moved to North Carolina and started going to like private schools, they were still like reading to us, but it was less of kind of, I don't know if immersive experience is the right word, but it was less of a thing. It was more of, they were just like reading to us as an additional thing to kind of like pass the time. Um, but yeah, again, what I said, I feel like certain books definitely need to be taught, but I feel like um, students should be able to read what they like in a school setting. When most of, some of the things we read that I feel like I, would genuinely enjoy if I wasn't reading it for school. That happens a lot. <laughs> I phrased that sentence really strangely. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of things I would enjoy if it wasn't like the school setting, especially in like middle school and stuff. When we would read a book, we would always get questions with it. I don't know if anyone else did this, but we get like a packet that would go along with the book. And with every chapter, we would have to answer like, answer these long answer questions about the theme of the book which again notice like analytical stuff is important we've talked about that before but when you're just like have to do it so repetitively you can't really enjoy the book especially if you're like a kid trying to read it yeah <laughs> end of what I was saying sorry that got kind of ranty but <laughs> yeah. yeah I agree but um especially like I think reading to kids in class, like having a teacher read to them during class time, especially for younger ages, is really important because if you're just supposed to read a book like as a homework assignment, it just feels like work and it just feels annoying. So it's like, oh, I just, I have to read this book because it's home. If the teacher's just reading to you in class and it's just like a part of your day. And like, if you like discuss it with the class, I think that it's just really beneficial. And I think teachers should do that more like, especially even with older ages, too, because it's not like you get too old for the teacher to read to you. Like, you can always do that, so, yeah. Uh, me and Katie, our, we're in the same English class, and our English teacher, she reads to us, not often, but, like, every once in a while, she'll read to us, and I think for a few of our books, she's, like, made a whole podcast. It's just her reading the books chapter by chapter, um, and it's really soothing. Um, but to go off your question, Elise, um, I think like it's important in elementary schools and younger ages to have like a time where a kid is reading. Like no set parameters about what you're reading, nothing like that. Just like 30 minutes, an hour a day of reading. Because I think that that like in first grade, my teacher did that. And I think that like definitely benefited my love of reading and my like how often I read and how much I enjoy reading um and like what all y'all were saying about like books for school I remember reading in fifth grade we read the fan tollbooth and people loved that book and I hated it and I'm sure part of it was because we had to analyze it and we had to like remember things and whatever but like this year in English instead of like remembering things taking tests about like 
what happened in this chapter. We're more discussing it and like looking for themes. I think it's really like beneficial to enjoy the book more because like I've enjoyed most of our English books, not all, but most. And I think it's really helpful. I mean, I think it helps that we're discussing it less so like nitpicky analyzing it. I think it's really important not to tell kids that the books can be too hard for them because I do remember in first grade that a couple of times the teacher would be like, you know, if there are more than 10 words that you don't know on the first page, then you shouldn't read the book or something like that. And that frustrated me much because I'd find something that I was like actually passionate about and then I'd be told that I shouldn't read it yet. And I just think that you should not do that because I think you give kids more credit that if they're really interested in something, they will figure it out. Okay, so we are gonna hop on to our next question um, since we're running out a little bit of time. Um, but to end this off, this discussion off, um, I wanted to know what your thoughts are on how teenagers or kids nowadays um, can start loving books and start reading. Um, and what are some ideas that you have um, to encourage reading outside of school, inside of school? Um, just kind of your last, last thoughts on this discussion. Find a genre that you love. Like, yes. You know, if you're into Star Wars or um, fantasy movies, try a fantasy book. If you're super into true crime, try a Mr. True Crime book. If you're super into cheesy romance movies, like try a romance book. Just like find a genre you love and then stick with it for a little bit <laughs> and maybe eventually branch out. Yeah, because I feel like, sure, there's all these benefits for reading and, you know, it's a good thing. I feel like it helps your brain, but also it's just such a fun thing to do once you get like a genre that you enjoy. Like I love romance and it's just so fun. And then once you get into with a genre, like Caroline was saying, I feel like you can branch out and then start finding other books and the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, adding on to that, I'm going to assume that everyone who's listening to this podcast probably already likes to read. So my advice is like to the people who are listening, go find a friend who doesn't like to read and just like subtly suggest a book or not so subtly, like maybe not. But also this is going to sound like shameless promo, but like tell them to listen to this podcast and we'll give them lots of great recommendations. Hey, I feel like we're like trying to like make the whole world readers one by one. Yes, that, that's all I have to add is yes. Uh, well, I think what I think it was Caroline said was like, just find, um, maybe just like find a book to start with and see if you like the genre and then it will spiral out of control from there. And then you'll just like, like reading simple as that kids simple as that or yeah just kind of um take time to figure out what you like mm -hmm. and then once you do you can like find recommendations based on that I don't know just kind of like find one book that you really enjoy and then use that to figure out other things to read yeah that's a coherent sentence yes <laughs> I'm so tired I'm sorry 
and to kind of bounce off of that, like, I think it's just important to just and get started. Like, don't spend a lot of time, like, trying to figure out, like, like, oh, is it too immature? Like, is it too much of a kid's book? Or, oh, am I too young to be reading? Like, just pick anything you want to read and just roll forward from there. And then you'll read all sorts. Exactly. Yeah. You were cutting out a little bit there, but I think I got the gist of what you're saying. It's definitely fine to just read whatever. It's just, you don't have to like be crazy about reading to just enjoy the benefits. I mean, it can benefit so many, so many people and you know, it's just a fun hobby to have. I love it. So I think that ends our part two of should reading be required in school. This one was a little more focused on just the benefits of reading and why it should be both required in school and just enjoyed outside of school. So thank you guys so much. First of all, to the TAB members for coming in and discussing. This was very fun. And then thank you to our listeners for tuning in this Sunday. Um, I always enjoy it. So I am going to end the episode off there, but we will see you guys next time. Or not, we won't see you guys. I always say that. We will talk to you guys next time on On the Shelf. Bye. 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 For more Teen Advisory Board on the shelf or anything and everything books, visit us at our Instagram and Twitter at QRBTeen. And for more books to add to your shelves, stop by Quail Ridge Books in Raleigh or check out www.quailridgebooks.com.